Yeah, super excited to be working with Steve. Um, I don't think I really need to introduce Steve to, to this audience, but just in case we have some folks joining who are unfamiliar with uh, you, Steve, um, Steve is a longtime voice in the developer community. Um, I think I first encountered uh, him through his blog where he's shared a bunch of insightful thoughts around uh, technology and software engineering and how it relates to business strategy over the years. Um, Steve was uh, at Amazon and Google um, where he built some of the you know foundational dev tooling uh, for Google, including uh, Grok, which is a big part of Google Code Search, which was in turn a big part of the inspiration uh, for, for Sourcegraph. And uh, since then, Steve has gone on to become uh, director of engineering of Grab. He did a brief stint in uh, semi-retirement, and he's just recently come out of retirement to, to join Sourcegraph, and we're, we're happy and excited to be working with him. Um, so yeah, Steve, I, I think uh, maybe we could kick things off by just going over some of the backstory here from your perspective. You just wrote a, a blog post detailing uh, in, in six episodes, kind of the journey leading up to, to this point of, of you joining Sourcegraph. Um, do you want to kind of quickly recap uh, that here for the audience here? And um, Sure, questions, sure. Just raise yeah, your hand. Th thanks, Biang, and thanks for the, uh, the nice, uh, the, the nice uh, kind words uh, during the intro. Uh, hey, folks. Uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited to be here. I mean, like, you don't even know. Uh, this was an area that I was super passionate about uh, back when I was at Google. And I, I wanted it in the hands of every developer, like worldwide. And, you know, we just couldn't get funding for it, right? And so it went nowhere inside of Google. And, um, you know, I always, I always expected somebody would pick up the reins and Sourcegraph did and ran with it. It took like a long time to get code search out, you know, for all of the you know, many, many enterprise configurations out there that Google could just ignore, right? So it's taken a while, but uh, and now you know Sourcegraph is is absolutely best of class for multi-repo uh, search and code nav. And um, but I mean, like if you just look at you know what the potential is that they've built, uh, you know that's uh, it's unprecedented. I mean, it's you know not since maybe the early CLR days have we seen um, kind of have I seen this exciting of a of an opportunity. And I'm happy to drill into that with you folks um, in as much detail as you like. Awesome. Yeah, actually, Quinn, do you mind sharing some of uh, you know the first encounters that we had uh, with uh, Grok at at Google and and uh, Steve's work? I think that might be a cool context or backstory for people to know about. Yeah. Well, I mean, Biang and I we have loved coding for a really long time. I know for me, I was working on these big open source projects like patches to open SSL and curl and stuff. And I set up an open Grok instance, which even though it has Grok in the name, it's not to the Grok project from inside Google. And that was code search. Kind of just assume that everyone used code search. How else would you understand big code bases without that? And this was probably around like 2009, 2010. And um, I think beyond, you know, around that time you were interning at Google, right? And you saw their code search. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And uh, I was not at Google. I feel like I'm sometimes one of the few people that never worked at Google. My wife works at Google, so I'm surrounded by ex-Googlers and current Googlers, great people, but uh, not me. I had just seen code search, you know, from OpenGrok. And um, then uh, Biang and I got to working together. We were working in some big companies, writing code. We had no code search, and we're like, 
how do people get anything done? It was so hard to even figure out what other code existed. You had to call people up. In one case, we had to fly people to some like hotel to talk about their APIs. And that just, it's, it was crazy, totally crazy. So we love code search ourselves. And it was shocking to us that these big companies didn't actually use it. And so we wanted to go build it. And we knew that it was something that every dev would be using. And we didn't know how long it would take. But for me, the thing that clicked was in that first couple of weeks of working on Sourcegraph, we were using the prototype that we had, you know, we were building and we were using it to build Sourcegraph better. And Sourcegraph helped me find this other library that someone had Go and Peppy to do a bunch of Go source code analysis. And without Sourcegraph, I wouldn't have found that. And it saved me like two weeks. So in the first two weeks, Sourcegraph had saved me two weeks. So it felt like a time machine almost. And it's always clicked since then. But there's one thing that really scared us. And this was back in 2013 when we were starting Sourcegraph, which was this uh, really awesome team and this really <laughs> awesome uh, just like engineering visionary who Biong and I looked up to. And he was going around the world at Emacs Conf and other things talking about Grok inside Google. And it was Steve Yegi. So started out as our, uh, I would say, you could say arch enemy. But there was a ton of respect <laughs> and inspiration that we got from Steve. And we knew that Google was a search company. They knew search better than anyone else. We used vision for Grok and making that, you know, so that all the world's code was searchable and navigable and interlinked. That was, that was the vision that got us so excited. So, you know, that was back in 2013. And we've certainly come a long way since then as a company. And now uh, it is so awesome to be joining forces with Steve. Byung and Steve, did I miss anything from that? No, I think that's a, a good recap. Steve, anything uh, from your point of view that you remember about that, that period in time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, when you, guys, when you guys launched, I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, briefly, and then I was like, what the hell am I going to do about it, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I can't get funding at Google, and I'm not going to go start a company when these guys just did. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, bravo, right? You guys, like, you know, took the jump and uh, just I have just such, such admiration for and respect for what you guys have built. And it's real. Like, I want to I want I want to tell everybody on the call, if it's OK, the story of my my programming assignment here and just like that loop that I told everybody about on my on the first all hands. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. So like so they made me write some code, right? They're like, you got to write some code, Steve. I'm like, what? Uh, and, 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 you know, it was like kind of unexpected to you. I didn't have very long because they sent me very detailed instructions that included, you're going to have to write some code a month before. And of course I didn't read it because why would you do that? <laughs> and so like, right. Because I mean, it's because like all the interview loops that I've been on, like for a year were all the same, but this was new. And so I was like, okay, fine. All right. I'm gonna write some code. And, uh, and I started writing some code, but I was like, man, I only had like five days. I didn't know. I didn't know source graph at all. Okay. Didn't know their code base. I didn't, you know, really understand even the product. I don't think I had really used it before. And, and so here I am, like, you've all been there, you know, you're in a panic. You've got to get some code done in a short period of time. You're in an unfamiliar code base, right? We've all been there. I've been there many, 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 many times over the past 30, 35 years. Right. And I had all of the tools, all of them. I had the IDEs. I had Golang set up. I had, 
I had VS Code. I had Emacs, of course. I had Manline tools. I had um, GitHub. I had everything, right? But I was working on Source Graph, and I just happened to have the product up, and I noticed they had links too, and they were going back, and I had the browser extension installed. And folks, what happened was wild. Like very quickly, because when you're in that mode, you you want to find the path of least resistance, right? You like you want to go absorb, absorb, absorb. You want to like barcode scan the whole code base into your head, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So so faced with that, Sourcegraph actually got me there at least fifty percent faster than all of the other tools put together. Okay, it just did, and I wasn't expecting it. It was completely organic. It was just. Uh, I, I quickly hit this point where I realized I was getting more value out of source graph navigation and links than I was out of the other options. That's not to say that I didn't go to the other IDEs now and then, right? Uh, you know, and other tools, but source graph was, was the leader. So that was like the first sign I had that like, wow, you know, they've really got something here because this is a tool that's actually better than the ones I'm already using. But it also mm-hmm. speaks to a disconnect because I don't think most people like me, I don't think most people have really realized that Sourcegraph sometime in the last four or five years may be past that tipping point where it's it's really a must-have if you have enough repos. Like even for my video game, like Wyvern, you know, I've been working on it for 25 years and worked a little bit on in the pandemic, a little volunteer team. It's not that big, but we got like 60 repos. And so like I'm telling you, like uh, there's nothing that does what I want what we want across all those repos, right? Right? Like, for example, yeah. I have like 3 million lines of XML files. I would like Sourcegraph to index that, and I would like to be able to like refactor, you know, like symbol rename in those XML files, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Sourcegraph, however, is absolutely the closest, and that's why I'm just, I'm so, so, so humbled and honored that they, <laughs> that they invited me to become part of this journey because they've done, you know, all of the hard work, all the heavy lifting, right? And it's just this huge playground now where we can start bringing code intelligence out and it's just, it's just too exciting. So anyway, folks, that's what happened during my, my coding homework. It can completely convinced me that Sourcegraph actually is the category winner here. And, um, and then I found out about the code intelligence stuff they've been working on, which is like Grok back at Google. And I was sold, sold. So that's the story. Steve, I, I would love to hear your candid impressions of Sourcegraph, especially, you know, as compared to the developer experience that you had inside Google with Google Code Search powered by Grok, which is kind of like the, the code intelligence brains of uh, that developer tool. Um, you know, what, what were your initial impressions? And, and please feel free to be you know, candid about, uh, you know, where we can improve. Yeah, sure. what sucks about Sourcegraph? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, like for starters, it was really hard to install. Right. I mean, I'm a developer, you know, and I was like, I mean, I had all, you know, there was the Docker and there was the the dev setup and there was like maybe a Kubernetes one. And I had kind of like, I set them all up in parallel and all of them were hard. So, I mean, clearly it's, I mean, the biggest problem is it's too hard for people to play with source graph today. Uh, You know, and, and I, and I think we need to, we need to address that. Okay. Yeah. The product itself, um, look, like I helped build Code Search at Google. Like we, I, you know, I built the, the Grok side, and and we fed that into Code Search, and it turned into an amazing tool. And I shared this analogy with the source graphers. Actually, came up with it on the spot as I was explaining uh, my experience with the product, which is that source graph is a flashlight, right? In the in the big line tools. You know, IDEs are like table saws and stuff, right? They can make big changes, but but source graph mm-hmm. is absolutely a light. It shines a light on the code and turns it pretty colors, right? Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and Sourcecraft has built a gigantic flashlight that can illuminate, you know, mountain ranges because, you know, these are huge, huge, huge code installations with, you know, hundreds of thousands of gigs and, you know, many gigabytes of, of actual code, right? So mm -hmm. Sourcecraft built a gigantic flashlight. Whereas at Grok, I mean, at Google, in Grok, we built like a pencil, we built a laser pointer, right? Because we yep. didn't have to worry about, you know, getting it working for a bunch of big enterprises and for hobbyists and for all open source and et cetera. You, your, your surface was huge, right? Yeah. So at Google, we built a flashlight that was super intense and bright. And, and that's the experience beyond that you had as an intern. Yeah, totally. Right? And it was awesome. Which is like, it's unbelievable. Like if you folks knew, right, it's, it's <laughs> just as good. It's just as good as like IDEs are. In its, in you know, in a, in a different sort of space, right? A search, search and navigation and understanding space, mm -hmm. and and absolutely that that is where I think is going to wind up, like in short order. That's that's where we're headed. Yeah, you know, Steve, you've been working on, or you you originally created Grok, I think, back in two thousand eight. So you definitely saw the potential for this type of intelligence around code super early. Uh, you know, Quinn and I started working on Sourcecraft in, in 2013. Here we are in 2022. And though we're, you know, growing very rapidly as a business, I would say the vast majority of devs uh, still don't have, uh, you know, a, a code search or a code intelligence uh, platform as part of their standard toolkit. Um, maybe you could share, like, some of your thought, thoughts around, like, you know, why that is. Like, why has it taken so long for something like this to catch on? And, and how can we help, like, every developer out there in the world kind of see the light and see how powerful um, something like this is? Yeah. Great question, Biang. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, at Google, we had the um, luxury of having access to, you know, massive scaling infrastructure, Right. So, you know, it was very easy to think of problems that were, you know, global in size and then just kind of like execute on them because, uh, you know, there's thousands of computers that we could run, you know, big, big compute jobs on. And we had big tables where we could store all this data so we could save everything. Right. Sourcegraph is constrained. It can't it can't you can't do that. Right. And on a developer desktop, you know, you can't right. You can't just like. Um, uh, uh, you know, cloud, cloud expenses, you know, all that stuff adds up. And it's not easy for Sourcegraph to experiment with large scale. It's just harder for us, right, than it is at Google. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as a result, uh, th this, this, in my opinion, is why nobody solved this problem. Sourcegraph is going to, we are, we are solving it, right? But nobody has solved it yet to the level that Grok and Code Search got to at Google, precisely because Google scale is just, Google's just really good at scaling, right? Yeah. So, um, so like the way I see us uh, getting there is, um, whew, boy, we got to get the word out. I think that's the first and most important. Like the most useful thing would be for everybody on this call to actually try Sourcegraph, right? Uh, if you haven't tried it already, and um, uh, and then give us feedback, right? You know, on like you know what 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 did, what did you have trouble with in the setup, and what you know yep. what do you want to have it, and all that. But what I think developers will find is that once it's set up and their repos are in it, it's a very, very good tool. And it's going to become an amazing tool over the next, you know, couple of years, right? So a lot of it is marketing at this point. Yeah. I, I think we actually, we have a ton of work to make Sourcegraph easier to install and try, uh, no matter, you know, what your kind of setup is or what your background is with um, your deploying software. 
uh, and just get in this hand in the hands of every developer. Um, and I know that's one of the big priorities that you have coming in as engineering leader, Steve. Uh, maybe you could share like some of the other kind of like cool ideas that you have around, um, you know, first hundred days or first two hundred days at Sourcecraft. Are, are you see any like low hanging fruit or like immediate things that like you want to kind of break ground on, excite you about the uh, the product direction? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, of course, like you come in, I mean, anybody who comes in wants to do everything and everybody at Sourcegraph wants to do everything, right? I mean, there's a lot of excitement and prioritizing, you know, finding the roadmap ahead that's going to have the most impact for everybody is, you know, that's our challenge. But we can already see some areas where we're going to invest, right? I mean, look, we've just come off a big enterprise strategy run in Sourcegraph 4.0 and a lot of stability and quality of life improvements. And it's just, just a lot of polish and it's been great. Uh, you know, our, our, we're going to be shifting focus now to, um, for example, invest in search. We want search to be better. Quinn, mm -hmm. you asked me earlier what sucks about Sourcegraph. I would yeah. argue that, um, you know, uh, when I searched for, uh, you know, my, when I did my very first Sourcegraph search ever, which was in my own code base, um, I got some results that weren't relevant at the very top. And then, some, and then the results I was looking for not too long after, but that to me spoke, uh, that, that said low hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Let's just, let's just work on. And you know what? Also, I can't use all those qualifiers. I'm sorry, Quinn and Beyond. Like you copied those from Google <laughs> code search and I never used them there either. Like all that symbol colon repo colon file colon. Like I refuse to ever learn that stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and, and so like we have to invest in making it so that you can just type something and we'll figure out what you needed. Yeah. yeah we need a compiler point. from, what your brain thinks to, you know, whatever <laughs> query uh, planner right. needs to interpret. And, yep. you know, the, the ML research just this year in code search has just been extraordinary. So there's a lot of cool opportunities there, but also just NLP, just applying some basic problem. I think we can make this so much more accessible to developers who don't want to learn, you know, a power user interface. Awesome. I do want to open it up to questions from uh, the audience here. If you have a question, uh, I think the process is just request uh, speaking permission and uh, Bocce, our wonderful social media manager, will kind of promote you to speaker here so you can ask your question. So, uh, you know, we have Steve Yegi here uh, online for about another 10 minutes or so. So if there's anything that you've been dying to ask uh, Sourcegraph or just like DevTools, uh, in general, please uh, raise your hand and uh, ask it. Cool. Uh, while we wait for that, um, Steve, uh, another question for you. Um, are you still using Emacs these days? Yes, I use Emacs at least 10 times a day. <laughs> is, right? That's our metric, our yardstick. And um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, the truth is, you know, my nefarious secret plan is to make sure that, uh, that I'm using Sourcegraph 10 times a day from inside of Emacs. I'm a big, <laughs> right? I'm, I mean, right? I mean, like, of course, you guys have, you know, the integrations and, and, and it's, all, it's all, you know, there now. But, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I want to go wild, right? I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, in the platform, you know, that we can build underneath this. And um, being able to serve, you know, serve Sourcegraph into, you know, directly into workflows. I mean, let's face problems with Sourcegraph is it sits aside your workflow. Yeah, I, I think that kind of ties into one of the questions that we're often asked about Sourcegraph, which is like, hey, are you guys going to become an editor at some point? Um, you know, like cloud IDEs are, are all the rage. 
um I, I just look at the space of editors and there's just so much fragmentation still you know like uh i know the three of us are emacs users but we have for a lot life. of emacs for life <laughs> yeah. that's right uh, the folks listening don't worry we have a lot of vim users at sourcecraft 2 as well as you know vs code intellij like all, all the editors um steve like what are your thoughts on like uh being an editor in ide versus um you know what sourcecraft is and, and how that ties into all the other dev tools that uh, people might want to use that's a question that I personally wrestled with. Like, how do I feel about that personally? Like before I joined, like in the weeks before I joined, right? Because that's a big fork in the road, right? Mm -hmm. once, you go, once you go down, you know, unless it's maybe just a quick edit thing, we did one of those at Google and it was quite popular, right? You know, just quick fixes. Maybe that's something we could look into, right? But, uh, you know, I'm really more interested in enabling um, people to write their own tools. Like, I would rather, like, if a company wants a quick editor and we don't have one, that they should be able to just write one. And, um, and that takes us into LSP and LSIF territory. And it's like, eh, right? That's why I say it's a fork in the road. It's because yeah. it takes us away from what I think our vision is, which is organizing the world's code information. I personally, I want to be the Google of code search, right? And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a read only, you know, effort for, you know, for a while. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's completely off the table, but that's not the, really the primary direction I see us going for the next couple of years. Yep. Where do you think SourceGraph will be in, you know, say like five years down the road? Um, you know, what, what will the... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that, that, that's the answer. Grok and code search. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Except for everyone, right? Everyone. How do you think that will change, like, the landscape of software development or, like, just the day-to-day -day experience of, of engineers? So, my that's a, one, that's a wonderful question. You're a good MC, Beyond. So, like, check this out, right? <laughs> I care a lot about this, okay? Like, I like engineers simply have not been given the appropriate APIs to be able to, like, work effectively with language tools. Every developer at some point in their career probably wants to do something with source code that their tools don't do. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, it is fragmented, like you say. And, and I honestly, I think the direction that we're headed is, you know, this is, this is a, this is a platform on which people can build all sorts of tools. Sourcegraph, the product, will be you know, integrated tightly into everybody's workflows and invaluable. But then people will build, be building, you know, all kinds of amazing stuff on top of it, just like Google today. Mm -hmm. right? I'm just I am completely sold on that vision. Um, so. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, again, like if, if you feel if anybody feels, gosh, you know, that's I would rather see, you know, Sourcegraph do a quick edit. That's the kind of feedback we're looking from you. Right. I mean, you know, we want to vet all of this with, you know, our users and our customers and make sure that we're going in a direction and publish it and be really transparent about it, you know, that, that you can all at least see um, and get a chance to disagree. Yep. Sound good? We are a very user-centric uh, organization. We love chatting with folks using the product. Uh, we have a community Discord uh, that folks are welcome to join. Uh, maybe uh, Justin, we have our, our community manager, Justin, online here. Maybe we can share like a, a link to that in, in response to the tweet uh, afterwards if people, if people want to hop in and say hi. Uh, so, Steve, cool. I got a question. You know, inside Google and, I mean, inside a lot of our customers too, like, you know, every dev is using code search. Uh, but that's not the case for most companies. Do you think that it's just source graph, we need to make our product better? Or do you think things about the world and coding and size of code bases need to change for the world to, to you know, meet at code search? 
Uh, yeah, boy, that's that's a great question. I'm sure you know you ask ten engineers, and you're going to get ten different opinions on this. Uh, you know, I I feel like look, we're dealing with scales that we just fundamentally haven't dealt with before, right? I mean, like looking to customers that have five hundred thousand Git repos. So for starters, that to Git needs to die. I mean, just straight up, like Git is a problem. But but since everybody's adopted it, and we're kind of stuck with it, um, I think that. <laughs> Right. I think that what has happened is this is fundamentally transformed from a single box problem into a multi box problem for like almost everybody, which means the old IDEs, they, they just they aren't keeping up and they aren't scaling. And we're all feeling that pain. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where source graph. I mean, like this is I mean, this is we're headed towards, you know, dire necessity. It's getting there. I think there's an, there's actually a, an inflection point. Actually, one of our customers pointed this out, right? One of the engineers using SourceGraph is in a, at a customer company that we have, there's an inflection point at which, you know, once your complexity gets high enough, um, you, you know, you have to have SourceGraph or else you're not managing, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're losing velocity, basically. And I believe that, too. And finding that inflection point and, um, and finding out where it switches to multi-box so that IDEs can't keep up, that's where I think, you know, that's where we focus because that's where, like you say, Quinn, the world's changing and developers are going to need this. If they don't need it today, they're going to need it soon. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. We have a, a question from the audience, actually, from uh, Kaushik Sean. Uh, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yeah, it's Kaushik Shankar. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks. So uh, I'm Kaushik based out of Bangalore, India. So um, uh, working as backend software engineer. So my question is, um, so I, I see that SourceGraph is a great market when the code size is big. So when when it is uh, like if the code size is small, like even a local uh, like language server will suffice, right? So when we are actually doing it on a larger scale, so I, 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 I've, to be honest, my company works on GitHub. So, uh, but I've just tried source, source graph recently, trying to understand how it works. So uh, I understand that it is mostly pattern based, right? The, the, the internal code search is mostly pattern based, right? Uh, it's both pattern based and semantic. So there's multiple layers here. Um, but yeah, is there like a second part to your question? We, we can dive into this. Uh, yes. Yeah. The, the thing is like, we were comparing things with Google, right? So yep. I, uh, so how different is that? See, uh, like, because I, 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 I just read that like this Microsoft open standard, I, I think we call it, uh, LS, uh, LSP. like the language, yep. uh, language server index format, right? Yeah. So that is a totally different. That's the one that is adopted by GitHub, right? Correct. So, uh, how is that, uh, different from, uh, like, are we using that or, uh, are we using the one that's, uh, the standard that's, uh, standardized by Google, like the, the kite or kite. kite I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Correct. So what are we using and how better are we compared to GitHub on the searching, uh, the intelligence, the code search intelligence part? Do you want me to take that one beyond? Yeah, go for it, Steve. Yeah. So, hey, Kaushik, great question. Uh, that's, you know, very central to, you know, everything that I think about here at SourceGraph. Uh, mm-hmm. Kive is mine, basically. I asked my team to do an open source of Grok, and that's what they did. And it's not a standard, and it wasn't funded, and Google's not very good at open source projects smaller than, like, Chrome. Uh, you know, or Android. So unfortunately, Kive is not going to get any love from Google. So we'll go ahead and incorporate it. As far as ELSIF and LSP go, SourceGraph does use ELSIF. They were using LSP. LSP is more appropriate for editors, which we already talked about. Um, uh-huh. For ELSIF, 
Unfortunately, Kaushik ELSIF only supports the, the use cases that Sourcegraph has today. And we have to move to a richer format like Kive. And mm -hmm. Sourcegraph has put a great deal of work into Skip, SCIP, uh, which is mm -hmm. every bit as good as Kive, in my opinion. And that's the standard that we're going to be going with. And I'm going to try to be actually standardizing it uh, with the cooperation of other companies. So there's your, there's your answer. I, and as I far as how we compare to, sorry, as far as how we yep. compare to GitHub, I would say GitHub does, a lot of the world, including GitHub, is still using imprecise code intelligence, and Sourcegraph is doubling down on precise, and we're going to be ramping up on precise, and I think pulling ahead of the pack um, in, like, the coming year. Sure. Yep, that's, that's correct. I, I want to clarify, too, here that, um, so GitHub uh, actually is not currently using LSP. LSP is an open standard out of Microsoft. It's, it's used in a lot of editor plugins, um, but the kind of uh, code navigation that you see sometimes on GitHub doesn't actually mm -hmm. use uh, language servers. Um, it uses uh, this thing called, like, stack graphs, uh, which provides a level of accuracy uh, that is, uh, I would say, like, fuzzy level, a little bit better than C tags. Um, and that's an important distinction because um, GitHub's code intelligence team and, and Sourcegraph's code intelligence team, we've actually pursued kind of like a fundamentally different strategy here where GitHub has gone with the imprecise uh, method and uh, Sourcegraph, uh, and I think Steve would agree with this, is we think there's very strong value in building a precise graph of all the code in the world. Because one, that enables uh, really powerful uh, developer workflows related to finding usage examples and having the confidence that, uh, you know, what, what the, the information that you're looking at, Boise, it's, it, it's exactly the, the things that map to, you know, the particular piece of function that you're looking at. And number two, it provides a very solid platform on top of build more advanced features and functionality. We see this level of co-intelligence integrating with basically every single dev tool in the future, because having this level of precision uh, into the source code uh, is just so powerful. It can streamline a lot of things, whether it's tracking high-level code quality, ensuring uh, you know uh, you know uh, security remedi remediations with 100 degree conf 100 confidence, um, executing large refactors, ton of additional stuff that becomes adjacently possible once you're building on top of a confident, precise uh, map of the code. Yeah, plus one. And hey, folks, if, if you didn't get a chance to ask a question today, I mean, like, of course, we'll do more of these, but also feel reach out to me at, on LinkedIn or email me at um, steve.yagi at Gmail uh, or whatever, you know, just reach out if you have questions, uh, because this is my <laughs> this is my life. This is what I do all the time now. And I love to talk about it, like maybe even too much. So, um, <laughs> you know, feel free. Awesome. Uh, the answer, Steve uh, Beyang and Quinn. Thank you. Thanks, Kaushik. Um, I think we are at about time. So if there are no other questions, uh, I think we'll, we'll just wrap here. Uh, I don't think this will be the last uh, one of these sessions that we'll do. Looking forward to doing a lot more of these. Um, and we do have a, a kind of weekly live stream that we're going to uh, have on Twitch viewing uh, DevTool creators, open source maintainers, and um, you know people working on code intelligence. Uh, so. Uh, check out our Twitch channel. It's just twitch.tv slash sourcegraph. And thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. See you all.